This is Rob Stein, and welcome to the Impossible to Fail podcast. I'm a multi-business-owning entrepreneur that has cracked the code to launching careers to massive success. Over the past 20 years, I've developed a life-changing process that has allowed me to achieve a level of wealth and financial freedom that I previously thought was only possible for the select few. These principles are universal for any industry, and I've personally applied this process to transition from a teacher with a master's degree to an award-winning music composer and publisher, championship-level bodybuilder, top-producing real estate agent and team leader, and entrepreneurial coach. If you want to achieve the financial success and time freedom that you deserve, you simply need to make it impossible to fail. Welcome to another episode of the Impossible to Fail podcast. First episode recorded in 2023, and we are starting off with a bang with our guest today. I mean, I'm super honored just reading through all of his materials. I said, man, I can't wait to get this guy in the show. And uh, we had a good chat right beforehand. This is going to be incredible. I'm talking about Mr. Brian Bogert, who is the owner of Brian Bogert Companies. Now, let me give you a little background on Brian here. Uh, Brian says that there is a sleeping giant that is in every human. His purpose in life is to awaken those giants within and turn them into legends by helping them grab what they believe is just out of their grasp. He is a heart surgeon without a blade. He does not start outside with what you need to do. He, in fact, starts inside with who you are. And in a world that's disconnected, Brian is revolutionizing how individuals, leaders, and entrepreneurs deeply connect with their authentic selves to achieve the best version of themselves. So Brian is a, a human behavior and performance coach. He's a speaker, he's a business strategist, he's a total renaissance entrepreneur. He disrupts the normative approach in how to create sustainable growth and lasting change personally and professionally. His philosophies on flipping the lid, embracing pain to avoid suffering, and taking out your trash have helped individuals and companies discover and activate their limitless potential. And he's on a mission with intentionality to impact over a billion lives by 2045. Talk about goals, man. I mean, I'm fired up just reading that intro. Welcome aboard, man. Well, thank you, brother. <laughs> I, uh, I feel very grateful to have incredible people around me who know how to put words to make me sound really freaking cool. Right? <laughs> so that when, 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 when those types of intros get read, I, it's like my, you know, it just fluffs me up for the call, man. It's yeah. great. You're like, who's on the call? I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> who is he? I don't even know who he is. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Brian, welcome aboard. Did you have a good new year, brother? Man, I, I'm excited to be here, brother. Yep. Yep. Now, I see behind you, there's a, is that a, a dad little uh, it is. trinket there? So tell, right me there. About, what'd you, what'd you, uh, tell me about your family and what y'all do over the holidays. Yeah, well, my number one role in life is uh, to be a husband and father. It is the yep. only thing binary in my world. And I'll tell you that if my wife and my two beautiful kids aren't good, it causes me to walk away from everything else. So Likewise. Yep. I always find the ways to really try to slow down life when I'm with them and really try to be present in the moment. This mm -hmm. year, our holidays looked a little different because we've often traveled between Christmas and New Year's. But this year, we decided we were going to stay here. As families aging, as our parents are aging, as extended family ages, we want our kids to have as many opportunities as possible to connect with those yeah. in the times that are around the holidays. So we laid low, we reflected, we refined, we, uh, man, we flipped open the lid in our own lives and we took out some trash over the holidays as well. Mm. But uh, that's what allows us to keep moving and uh, connecting. Right, man, that's awesome. I, we're, I'm gonna wanna circle back to what you said about being present with family uh, yeah. because that is something I struggle with for sure and something I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with. Um, so I want to circle back to that. But first, uh, you know, I'd love to just give the listeners an overview of who you are and what you do and how you got to where you are. So, you know, why don't you just start at the beginning, man? How did you start this, this journey to, to helping so many people improve their lives, you know, through your, your coaching and your speaking and, and what you've discovered over the years? Yeah, so I, I'm going to take you a step further back because it's actually the thing that brought all of that opportunity into my world without me even knowing it was coming. Mm. Uh, I, I'm not going to give the long dramatic version of this, but I'm going to hit it just from the get go is mm. when I was seven years old, my family and I moved back to Arizona after traveling quite a bit in those first few years. And mm. my mom, my brother and I went to our local Walmart to get a one inch paintbrush. We got through the checkout line, we were ready to go. And I was first one to the car. Anyone who's known me for more than about two minutes or who's talked to me or listened to me for more than about 30 seconds knows that I walk fast, I talk fast, <laughs> I have a lot of energy and a lot of vigor for life. Yeah. So most people aren't surprised to be like, oh, you were the first one of the car. No, yeah, I was, absolutely. <laughs> right. 
Mom and brother a few feet behind me though. And this was back in the days, brother, before there was key fobs. So I had to wait for my mom to literally stick her hand in the purse, grab the keys, pull it out, oh stick it in the door, turn it so that we could go on with our way. Archaic. <laughs> I know, right? By the way, the last time I used a key in a car, it threw me off for a second. I was like, oh my gosh, like, what's going on? We're all even push start now. But back then, right? Waiting for all this to happen. And as she was doing that, there was a truck that pulled up in front of the store and parked. Driver and middle passenger got out. Passenger all the way to the right felt the truck moving backwards. So he did what any one of us would do, Rob, and he scooted up to put his foot on the brake. But instead he hit the gas. Oh my combination God. of shock and force threw him up on the steering wheel up on the dashboard and before you know it he's catapulting across the parking lot 40 miles an hour right at me with no time to react now we think i was standing on the curb holding on to the door handle so when he hit our car it threw me to the ground and the truck continued on to run over me diagonally tearing my spleen leaving a tire track scar on my stomach and continuing on to completely sever my left arm from my body now I have to pause for one second because I've always acknowledged and given credit to the woman who is responsible for me still being here today. There was a nurse that walked out of the store right when this took place and she saw the literal life and limb scenario in front of her. Now I've said for 30 years that I was forever indebted to her, but I'd never met her. I met her this last summer, August of 2022, hmm. within two hours of the actual 30th anniversary of the accident. And it became even more profound when I said the credit that I gave to her for her choice to go into action versus turning her head and going on with her day because she had a friend with her that day. I want to be clear. There's no negative emotion towards her friend, but her friend said, I'm not going to go help. I'm going to go on with my day. She, when asked, why did you do it? Said, I never even thought I just acted. But she came over and stopped the bleeding on the main wound and saved my life. And then she instructed some innocent bystanders to run inside, grab a cooler, and get my detached limb on ice within minutes to give me a fighting chance of having a reattached limb. So if it was not for this woman, Rob, I either would not be here with you today or I'd be here with you today with a cleaned up stump. That's just the reality. Wow. And there's one more reality. I know I have an extremely unique story. Mm. But what I want everybody listening to hear is you all have a unique story. What's important is that we learn to pause long enough to become aware of the lessons we can extract from our stories so then we can become intentional in applying them in our lives moving forward. We all have the ability to do that and we all have the ability to tap into the collective wisdom of other people's stories, the ones that you feature on shows like this, to shorten other people's curve to learning. And so what I've learned and one of my primary lessons that I learned, and I'll just kick it off here, that I learned very early in life not to get stuck by the things that had happened to me, but instead get moved by what I can do with them. Hmm. And that formed my belief that moved people move people. And I'm just trying to move as many people as I possibly can at this point in my life. Wow. I mean, powerful is an understatement, severe for that one. Uh, at such a young age to go through something like that um, and to utilize it. I mean, you know, it's one thing for an adult who has life experience and wisdom yeah. to be able to say, I will turn this into an opportunity, but at such a young age to have that happen and still to have that propel you forward. Um, I mean, truly inspiring and what you've been able to help other people do. Uh, I have a phrase I say frequently that failure is only failure if it's permanent. Otherwise Bingo. these are learning experiences. And that's what, that's really what you're talking about here is, is utilizing your story and other people's stories to move other people forward in their yep. lives, realizing that, hey, what happened to you in the past is the past. But the good news is that we can extract things from that. And what we do have control over is our present and our future. Yep. That's exactly right. And well, well articulated, my friend. Wow. Uh, I mean, powerful stuff, man. So, so what were you doing then? I mean, that was obviously an extremely significant event. So, Right now, I mean, you know, for someone that looks at your website at brianbogert.com, that's B-O-G-E-R-T. We're going to have his links thrown up on, on the podcast and on the YouTube channel, of course. You know, it, it's easy to look at this and say, like, man, this guy's a, a mogul. He's all over the place. He's got courses. He's got swag. He's on, he's on all these featured, you know, newscasts and TV and radio and podcasts. Uh, but you didn't start there. No one starts there, right? And so, so tell us about... You know, what, how did your professional career start and what was, what was the path that you took to ultimately wind up where you are? Because I know before this call you were talking about how you were part of a, a $15 million company 
before you really went off into yep. this level of entrepreneurship. So fill, fill us in on that. Yeah, so there's really big areas of my life that we may come full circle to that will be relevant. But what I wanna address is your question because it's, it's a very cl clear one. I will tell you that I didn't have a healthy model or really any model to show an example of what real human connection looked like. And I wanna be really clear here. I've got incredible parents. I've got an incredible brother. I would not be here if it was not for them, mm -hmm. the support that they helped create and really all the pains that they embraced for all these years to ensure that I didn't suffer. Mm -hmm. Okay, all of that is true, but it's also really important to acknowledge that there were periods in my life that I was disconnected, that I was isolated, that I was alone. And there was an accident when I was 20, when I was snowboarding, where I rebroke my arm and that shifted me into a different category. Hmm. I'm not gonna go into all the narratives that were built around that first 13 years or where that came from, but this was the first moment that I realized that the narratives that we create for the world, the world will often buy into, especially if we're loudly preaching them. Hmm. And that's where mindset, mental toughness, and the narratives that we create can actually not only hurt us, but they can take us further away from who we are. Mm. Because what happened in that period of isolation and depression is I started to focus on human connection, which I defined through the lens of vulnerability and authenticity. I believe that's the glue that binds human connection. Mm. But as I'm depressed, lonely, and isolated, going through this experience as an adult, re-experiencing lots of the healing stuff that I did at seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 years old without the support system around me, it became very, very clear that I was still in need of who. I wanted more who in my life. I wanted more people to connect with in my life. And so that's what I thought I was chasing, but the only model I had is what the world told us, which is to chase the what, yep. right? And yep. all of the should that got wrapped up into it, right? You should want this, you should want that, you should want this, you should make this amount of money, you should drive this kind of car, mm -hmm. right? House, car, money, all the wants that we create in our world, all the what's. They were all there. And I chased all the what's while we went through the process of building this business. I spent 15 years in risk management, employee benefits consulting. And the reality of it is, is the, I always wanted to make a lot of money, have a lot of friends, right? Have a lot of fun and break the expectations of so many. But this was back in the days when I thought like, if I ever made a hundred grand, I would have made it right. Like hmm. early on, it was like, if I make a hundred K, I'm going to be there. And then all right. of a sudden I'm making multiple X that. And at 27 years old, I woke up and I had all the what's I'd ever chased. Mm. What house, what car, what amount of money, what car, all of it, right? A successful running business, but it cost me the ultimate price, which was who I was. Mm. You see, I chased all the what, because what I believed subconsciously, unconsciously is if I built a life of significance, if I built a life that others would admire, if I built a life that could be viewed through a lens of success, stability, right? really solid growth. Maybe just others would want to be around me. Mm. But at 27, when I'm in situations making multiple six figures, running with people making multiple seven figures and eight figures in some cases, I'm looking around and myself and so many of us were empty. We weren't really connected. We were chasing all of the external what's and we'd all lost who we were. And that's when I started to reclaim myself. I hired my first coach mm. and I went through 14 coach interviews. Inch deep mile wide in most of them, they had no relevance or credibility. Yep. And then I landed with someone and he said in the very first session that I had with him, it was in the first month of working with him. He said, Bogart, you gotta be doing this. I was like, what are you talking about this? He goes, speaking and coaching professionally. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever, dude, I'm paying you a lot of money not to tell me how great I am, but to help me figure out this other stuff. And now you're trying to add more to my plate. Like, right. what are you doing? I ignored him hmm. for nine months while I raised my level of awareness and intentionality in a lot of other areas in my life, my business continued to grow, but the emptiness and the separation wasn't closing as quickly. Mm. And so I worked in his capacity for about two years, about nine months in, I started my coaching firm. Mm -hmm. So I ran my coaching firm and my risk management and play benefits consulting firm side by side for five years. And then ultimately- Building up your, your coaching services while kind of having a little more stability in the, the risk management business. There wasn't ever an intent to leave at that point. Right. I was gonna do it side by side at the highest level I could for the longest period that I could, but there was a whole lot of other things that took place over those next couple of years. Yeah. I credit my wife because in 2019, we had a summer getaway 
And she asked me when we were driving to pick up our kids, hey, honey, how would you feel if you didn't have to go to the office on Monday morning? I was flooded in fear. I was drowning in doubt, swirling in my shame. And I looked over at her and I was like, babe, that's a loaded question. Can you tell me more? Well, I had some other health stuff that took place. I'd been unpacking things. I'd worked with other coaches at that point. And she went on to tell me, she said, I think you've allowed fear to enter into your world in a way I've never seen you operate. She said, I think you've convinced yourself that we need the money, the status, the prestige that's been built. And I'm here to tell you, all we need is 100% of you and we don't have it. I don't care if we live in a cardboard box on the corner. Hmm. Then she went on to say, I think you're barely scratching the surface of your potential. And I know you're not having anywhere near the impact you want on this world. So what if we doubled down on that bet and we went and saw what we could do with it? So truly it was a blind spot, wow. but it was my own trash from my past that was keeping me stuck. And over that next period of time, I went through a much more significant period to really understand that all of the things from my past that I thought I'd avoided, that I thought I'd buried, that I thought I'd moved past or I'd healed through, continue to come back as my fatal flaw. They showed up as shame. They showed up as anger. They showed up as disconnection. They showed up as armor. They showed up as protection. They showed up as scarcity, as control, right? All these things that were creating damage in my world, I knew that I needed to start creating more repair so that I could actually help repair others. And that's when I started really identifying and digging through my trash. Wow. So your wife was the catalyst that, that uh, saw that in you. And that's... Um, you know, it, it can be it can be a struggle where as, you know, the uh, heads of the family, you know, the, the men of the family to say, you know, my job is to provide for my family. There's certainly a almost an instinctual pressure to, to feel like we just want to give them the best. Yet sometimes in an effort to do that, um, we kind of lose track of why we're doing it in the first place. And if we're spending more time away from our families than with them, what does it matter the house they live in or the car? that we drive. It was actually the family dynamic that caused me to lean in and really have that reality with my first coach because my son was going six, I mean, he was six months old and I missed the first six months of his life. Mm. And the reality of it is I'd always told everybody and myself that everything I was doing for the benefit of my family, but you just said it beautifully. All I was doing was providing for them financially. Mm. I wasn't providing leadership. I wasn't providing protection. I wasn't providing emotional safety and security. I wasn't yeah. providing guidance. I was not even providing presence because even when I was there, I wasn't there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so the reality of it is, is again, I told you I'm a husband and father first. We'll get into more details later, but I don't think I had any clue the damage that the trash from my past was actually causing in my current world because I was literally burying my family in my trash. Mm. Wow, that's powerful, man. The uh, and that's a that's a real struggle. I mean, I, I'm part of a, an incredible group, uh, entrepreneurial mastermind. It's an all men's group, and it's the one of the reasons I joined that group was is just the first time I've ever been surrounded by so many like-minded individuals, but there is um, a really great camaraderie that happens when you're just around other men because, you know, mm -hmm. women have women problems that they go through and, and their roles in the family and men go through the same thing. And so to be able to have a network like that to lean on, and it was a very common thread that a lot of guys in the group are saying in an effort to either it's something they're going through or something they've been through and figured it out in an effort to, to build, you know, everyone's why is their family, yet in an effort to serve that why, they almost get that tunnel vision to mm. whereas the family starts taking the back seat because we feel this need to provide more and more and more, uh, especially if you come from a place where maybe you didn't grow up having the materialistic things. I didn't. Um, yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, right. And, uh, and so it, it was... Uh, definitely a learning experience for me too to, to have that realization and continue to make an effort so on that note let's hit that for a moment what do you what what do you do that when you're with your family you know what are some either techniques or some things that you've done with your mindset to shift to really be more present with them rather than just a warm body but your you know your mind is elsewhere well, you know, I, I, I'm going to hit on the one thing that you said, because I, I want to tell you that it's not through mindset alone and it's not through just shifting mindset. And that's one thing that I want to really make sure that we're clear on here. Part of seeing our trash from our past clearly is being able to tune into both the intellectual and the emotional, both feelings and narratives that exist in our lives real time. The world has not taught us to think and the world has not taught us to feel. And they certainly have not taught us to think about our thinking, think about our feeling, mm. feel our thinking and feel our feeling. Mm. 
Hmm. Right. What I have to recognize when I'm with my family is that I can't operate in the intellectual space that saved me, protected me and helped me move through the world so often, because if it's a thinking mechanism, then I'm, it's a brain activity. And I'm actually not allowing myself to feel and connect with my heart, which is what our families want. And so I have to tell you that it's not about a mindset set. It's about an intentionality and an aligned intentional action that puts me in that space. Now, there's been layers over the years that I've had to shed. And this is something that I still work on. So I want to call attention to that. Sure. But I will tell you that more often than not, the things that caused me to not be present were actually the trash from my past. I'll give you an example. Yeah. Okay. Just what you said. If we really pay attention to it, certain people who've dealt with shame, certain people who've dealt with self-worth, right? How many of the listeners today have sought love, validation, and connection through performance? Oh, absolutely. If I do this for these people, then they will be okay. And that is another case where we can make great money. And many of us got into a habit of buying a lot of things for our families that we maybe never had, because again, well, I wanted this. Maybe this will help me connect with my kids better because my parents can provide this for me. Mm. But that's a narrative that's created that's not even necessarily true because again, it's not about the material expectations and things, it's about the presence and the connection. So for me, here is my trick at this point. Okay. I want to become the protector and the connector in my family and my business, which means that I need to understand human behavior that starts in those early developmental years. And it's not complicated, bro. You and everybody listening and myself all fit into this category. Everyone wants this. We want four things primarily. We want to feel safe. We want to feel protected. And those are not the same thing. Mm -hmm. We want to feel seen and understood. And we want to feel connected. Okay. Here's what happens. If we go into a scenario and anything has caused us to trip on the trash from our past, we likely don't feel safe which means we protect ourselves. Now I want you to imagine a 35 gallon black trash bag and you're gonna hold it in front of you and let's just assume that's your armor to protect yourself. Okay. How can you properly portray who you are, what you want, how you wanna connect, your empathy, your compassion, your connection, your desires through a very noticeable opaque force field? <laughs> Can't be done. And how can you expect anybody on the other side to receive it from you? Right? So I could get triggered because of the noise in my environment. And now all of a sudden I have armor because it's triggered my shame or my sensory stuff. And now all of a sudden I could react to my son because the armors caused me to put off an energy that he didn't read correctly. Hmm. So when we are holding armor, the very first thing it does is it, it does not allow us to be seen and understood. And it does not allow us to be connected, which are the two things that we want the most. I'm gonna tell you two other things that these do because this is literally what I do. And I'll tell you the four words that I use at the end to wrap it all together. Okay. But armor, it prevents us from those things. Now I want you to imagine, uh, you have two 35 gallon bags in front of you. They're both full of garbage. I want you to hold them out in front of you. How long can you hold them there? Man, not too long, that's gonna hurt. <laughs> right, because it's heavy, right? Yeah. And it's heavy and the longer we carry it there, the heavier it gets, mm -hmm. right? And in the case of trash, literally the heavier it gets and the stinkier it gets and the more we start dumping it in the worlds all around us. Mm -hmm. So now we're holding it out here thinking it's protecting us, but it's actually incrementally crushing us over time as well as removing us from what we really want, which is to be seen, understood and connected with our families and our businesses, our clients or whatever, anybody yeah. in this dynamic. Here's the last thing that happens with armor. There's two types of people, just like there's two types of trash cans, brother. There's ones with lids and ones without, okay? Yeah. There's those that don't have lids. They're those individuals that literally wear their heart on the sleeve. It is mm -hmm. what it is. It's drama. There's energy drain. There's, and I don't say this with vilification or negativity. It's just the fact. We all know people like that that exist, right? 100%. And so they don't have a can or they don't have a top on the top of their can. So what happens? They've been pushing down their trash for years, trying to push through, because that's what the world tells us. Yep. We got to push through, show up with a smile on. We can't feel pain. We can't feel emotion, right? So what do we do? We shove it all down, mm -hmm. pretend it's not there but those cans can only hold so much. So without the lid, they just start literally dripping over now. Yeah. Now let's imagine a trash can in our kitchen, okay? If that lid stays open and we don't take out the trash, what happens? It overflows. 
It yep. blocks our ability to be in the kitchen, to get nutritious food, to feed our bodies. It blocks our communion and our connection time and food. It starts to go down the hallways, impacting our relationships with our kids, our extended families. Trash literally gets piled up every day in our homes and businesses. Yet how many of you take out your trash inside every day? No lids, no cans, we start burying other people. And there's people like me, man. I had a lid, I had a seal, and I had a lock on my lid because nobody was gonna know I was carrying trash. Hmm. Nobody knew, nobody knew. Not even the ones that were closest to me, right? But what happened? I'm pushing down, pushing down, pushing down. What happens at some point is that becomes a bomb of garbage that's gonna blow trash shrapnel through your entire world because you will explode under the pressure at some point. And so when we recognize the human experience, what does that mean? For me to be the protector and the connector in my family and life, I have to convince myself that I'm safe so I can lower my own armor. And when I can lower my own armor, I can wrap a layer of protection around the environments that I'm in, my family, my wife, my kids, to ensure that everyone is safe, hmm. everyone is protected, everyone is seen and understood, and everyone is connected. So what I do is not a mindset shift, it's a holistic embodiment shift. I have to remind myself to have a soft front and a strong spine. Those are the four words to remind yourself when you go into those interactions. Because if I have a strong spine, it means I know who I am. I know what I stand for. I know what my standards are. I've done the work to understand where the trash from my past has come from. And so I can recognize and separate how I'm reacting in those moments to realize that most of the time when I trip on my trash, it has everything to do with how my grandpa looked at me when I was four and nothing to do with what's right in front of me. <laughs> Second... When I realize that my wife or my kids want to be seen and understood and connected with me, now let's just imagine armor. I gave you a 35 pound gallon, but let's look back in the historic days. If you were wearing a chest armor plate, a bulletproof vest, does anybody want to lay on that? Does anybody want to give you a hug when you're actually armored up or wearing protection? No, but yet we put out an energetic armor that pushes people away from us. And so it's the secondary piece. Open front means I have to be open. I have to be vulnerable. I have to convince myself that I'm safe, even if every part of my fight or flight response is telling me I'm exposed and vulnerable, because that's the only way to stand as the protector and the connector, unwavered and connecting with others. Wow. That's presence with my family, brother. Yeah, I mean, bro, talk about dropping the bomb right there. I mean, that was, I mean, if, if you watch the video, you're actually gonna see gold just flowing out of Brian's mouth as he was talking. And I think what you did there is you so beautifully gave us a visual for something that literally everyone on the planet deals with. Their own emotional baggage, their own emotional trash. Some people keep it bottled up. Some people, we all know them. I call them vampires. Those yeah. people that they just suck the life and the energy and the positivity right out because they're just spewing that garbage all the time. And you've, you gave us a visual for how it affects you, how it affects your family, how people can't possibly get close to you if you've got this big heavy metal piece or some stinky trash bag in front of you. And I mean, that, that is a, a masterful skill set that you have there of, of being able to help people visualize something that is um, very conceptual in nature, yet now I, I so much have a very clear understanding of that concept and, and how to actually do something about it. Yeah, thank you very much. I mean, that's, you know, that's why I've kind of created the pillars around taking out your trash because uh, truly I, I am on a mission to impact a billion lives by, reduce, by reducing the level of suffering that exists, 90% of which is suffering because of the trash from our past. Right. And so I just want as many people to be able to become aware start to own, be able to unpack, flip open their lid and be able to move through the trash from their past. Those are the five pillars. But that's why when you asked me the question, I said, we have to understand the human experience. Hmm. And it's so applicable in our family units because we know what we want there. But this applies to every relationship and interaction we have on the planet. Your business partners, your associates that work for you, your clients, your partnerships, hmm. your communities. Yep. The reality of it is, is when we understand that every human being wants those four things, right? Then it puts us into a position where we can do something about it versus just continue to trip on our trash and react, creating damage in our world. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you, so if someone, let's say I want to align with you, I say, Brian, I want you to help me take out the trash, brother. I gotta, I gotta get present. I gotta get past this. Um, I would imagine like, is there a process that you go through 
to, to help people figure it out because I'm sure some of it, you know, we all have those experiences. We remember the baggage that we realize that we have, but then there's also probably some times when all of a sudden you look in the corner and you lift something up and you go, oh, I didn't even know there was trash there. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> or, or that's that was so long ago, but that garbage is still here. So, I mean, what is the process like of, I mean, is there a discovery phase where, because I mean, obviously for people to take it out, they have to know it exists in the first place. Yeah. And awareness, that's why awareness is always the first pillar, yeah. right? We can't be, we can't be intentional to what we're unaware of and our minds process 11 million bits of information per second, but we're only consciously aware of about 40. What? It's no wonder wow. so many people feel like they're victims, like their life is fate, like they have no influence or control over their destinies, right? right. Because truly 11 million to 40, like how can we have influence and control over our destiny? So awareness is always it. I guess I'm going to ask you a question. Would you be willing to play ball a little bit and get vulnerable on your own show? Because if so, I can start with a question to just reflect back something to help raise a level of awareness for anyone who's listening just with this one question. Let's do it. I'm all about the transparency. Let's go. Beautiful. So, Rob, who was the last person that made you feel like garbage? <sighs> that, the, the, the first one that comes to mind that really made me feel like garbage was... I mean, this was a good handful of years ago, shortly after I got my real estate license. And I was in an open house. So when you're a real estate agent, one of the ways you can start building your business is by hosting open houses for other agents. So another agent has a listing. They don't have the time or the interest. Their business is booming. So they find an agent that's trying to grow their business to host their open house for them. So that's where I was at. And we were using open houses. And this dude comes in who thinks very highly of himself and he's spouting all this knowledge to his, his clients and he's asking me ridiculous questions that no one, like, do you, is this the Thompson two floor plan? Is this that? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not really sure. Like I'm not the listing agent. And he goes, oh, you're just the open house agent. And literally like patted my shoulder. And then it goes on to insult everything we're doing and talks yep. about how awesome he is. So what, what I'm going to call attention to is I think it's interesting. That's the first one that comes to mind, but you also referenced one that's a few years ago mm -hmm. and that's okay. I'll play ball with you for just a second, but I promise you there've been interactions that felt like trash or like garbage that were beyond that. Let's I'm, keep it I'm here. I'm sure okay? if I thought more about it, that was the first yep, one. That that, it's okay. So I'm not challenging. I'm just calling to attention. Like this is something that like, dude, somebody looks at me wrong in a place. It can make me feel something, even if it's only for an instant. Mm. And so it's important that we pay attention to this, but this question leads us down here. What I want to ask you is in that moment, how did it feel in your body? Tense. Okay. Tell me where the tension was. Give me more descriptors. Uh, probably, you know, starting in the stomach, muscle tension, arm tension, shoulder tension, um, thoughts start going faster, analyzing. Am I going to defend myself? Am I yep. going to go head to head with this dude? What's he doing? What's the purpose here? Yep. Okay. So what I actually love, I've asked so many people this question of how did it feel in your body? You're one of the first people who didn't answer with an emotion or a descriptor. You actually answered with the physiological response and that's what I wanted. So bro, I'm gonna give you a huge kudos <laughs> right. because you defined it very, very beautiful. You also talked about the progression of your body up to your mind, hmm. okay? What I'm curious about is how quickly were you aware of that physiological difference in your body and how quickly did it move to the thought process? I mean, pr pretty quickly pretty immediately, yeah, right? Yeah. And almost everybody, my guess is, is that you went here, right? You felt it, you felt all that tension and you kind of shut off here to a certain degree. Sure. It goes up into your mind and you start processing, what do I want to do with this? Is this real? Is this not real? Am I reacting with what's right in front of me? Do I want to punch this guy? Do I like all of it, right? Like yeah. reactionary versus response. How do I reclaim myself as well as whatever perseveration or thought processes were generated from that feeling that you'd experienced prior in your life? Mm. And so all I want to point attention to for anybody is if there are ever moments that you feel like garbage, you feel like trash, I don't care if someone did it, something did it. The very first step to acknowledge is if anything brings a negative emotion into your existence that you don't want there, that doesn't serve you, you have trash. Now, where we dig for it is a whole different question. And I'm not gonna take you super deep based on this example on this show, but what you just demonstrated is here's what happened. Someone made me feel like garbage and you gave yourself a physiological response to be able to identify it. 
Mm -hmm. That's really important as it relates to both our unpacking process and our flipping the lid because here's why. If we don't know and can identify from a position of awareness that's non-judgmental, by the way, how our body reacts in moments in fight or flight, then we have a very hard time matching patterns to be able to move through it. I'll give you an example. Sure. I told you I was impacted by shame. I told you I was impacted by anger. I have five or six different ways that shame moves through my body, five or six different ways that anger moves through my body that I'm aware of. And I have over 50 shame triggers and over 60 anger triggers that I'm aware of. So so you actually like reverse engineered and figure out when this happens or these words are said to me or this scenario comes up, this isn't anger. And you've actually, I mean, it sounds like you've like classified. Oh, very much. Like you've, you've because this is one of the things I do with my clients. Is, things. Yep. yep. Because if we don't understand the patterns from our past, how do we escape the trash that's keeping us stuck? Yep. Right? right. And so great example. I didn't know that shame existed in my life until I was about 27 or 28 years old. Didn't even know it was there because I didn't exist in the lack of worth side very often. It was typically on the, when I shut that down, and I went into the arena. It's Brian, who do you think you are? Everything major I ever did, I felt the need to apologize for. So I walk fast, I talk fast. We were in a very successful risk management employee benefits consulting company. Many of our clients were multiple billion dollar organizations that were sitting in the boardroom with multiple executives. Hmm. I can't tell you how many times someone leaned over and patted me on the shoulder, almost like that, that, that a boy kind of, Hey, Hey, Brian, you can't talk that fast. You can't talk that loud. Like this isn't the environment. And what would happen? I would cause literal physiologically feel myself shut down. I'd shrink down. I'd start to bite my tongue. I'd feel like I didn't have worth. Right. Shame trigger. Okay. Shame trash. On the inverse, my wife could ask me a question as simple as, Hey babe, what do you want to do with the kids this weekend? But my trash would cause me to hear it this way. Hey, babe, you've not done enough to be a good husband and father recently. So what are you going to do to make up for it this weekend? Wow. Oh, my gosh. Dude, we've all been there. Wow. Okay. Wow. And so, but here's the difference. Shame doesn't react in the same way there because anger is a secondary emotion and it manifests from me protecting my shame. Mm-hmm. I told you my number one role is to be a husband and father, right? Right. So if I'm challenged in that area, wouldn't you imagine, or I feel like I'm being challenged in that area, wouldn't you imagine I'm going to want to defend that? So that I'm seen and understood and I'm connected and they know that my intent is in the right place. Yeah. But what would happen? My shame would cause me to do this. I'd get angry. My chest would puff. I'd start, my heart would start racing and I'd rattle off the 10 things I'd done in the last four days to show her that I was a good husband and father when that wasn't even what she asked. Mm. But the reality was until we understand the pairings of that was the same emotion moving through my body in two different ways, triggered by two different things. I tripped on my trash from two totally different situations. If I can't bring into conscious awareness where these patterns exist in my life, as well as where did they start from? Because if we can't effectively unpack to the source or source of the trash, we can't effectively excavate it. We have to keep digging. But the more we dig, the more we find treasures. And now what it allows me to do is to sit in a position where if my wife asks me a question, she may ask me the same question. And I'll now, if I feel myself get triggered in the moment, before I go here and decide what I'm going to do with it, I seek clarity. I ask myself a couple questions. Am I reacting right now to the trash from my past mm. or with what's right in front of me? Mm. What am I protecting? And if that allows me to separate from the current moment, then the immediate thing I can do is take ownership because I'm now aware that something triggered me. And I can say to my wife something like this, hey babe, I'm not sure I heard you correctly because I felt myself get triggered. Can you please restate what you said in hopes that I can hear it through a clearer lens? And if for whatever reason I can't lower this energy, maybe we can just pause this conversation and revisit it later so that we don't have any damage or reactions. Hmm. It takes a lot of self-awareness. But this is what's possible when you actually look inside. Right. And that's why it's so important that we're trying to get everybody to be able to flip the lid and see what's risen to the top in any given moment and to be able to scan their can regularly and consistently. Because if we don't constantly pay attention to this, guess what? Our trash will trap us. Our trash will bury us and it'll bury everybody around us as well as our hopes, visions, and dreams for who we want to become. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm just so adamantly focused. We all deal with this. We all have trash, but we all have to learn to take it out every day. Wow. Man, just again, I mean, so beautifully illustrating something we all go through where maybe someone says something to you and because of your experiences, you interpret it a certain way that when that wasn't their intention, but that's how you interpret it through the lenses that you're looking through and the, you know, the, the ears that you're, you're hearing through. 
And then, and then maybe you respond some way that she goes, what are you talking about? Like, why are you getting so defensive about this? I just asked, what do you want to do this weekend? But because that's exactly trash, right. You, heard it, you interpreted it differently. That's exactly right. You know, one of my favorite quotes is from Ryan holiday uh, and the book obstacle is the way mm-hmm. he says, there's the event that happens to us and the story we tell ourselves about it. There is no good or bad without us. Mm. And so all I want people to do is to seek perspective. And I want to be really clear here because I've not said this so far today. Mm. The trash from your past is not your fault. In fact, 99% of the time it's generationally passed down. It's inherited, it's patterned in, but it does become your responsibility when you become aware of it or when it starts creating damage in other people's lives. Mm. But the trash from your past is not your fault. So what I want to be clear on here is the only way to effectively move through this is if you can view the awareness through an objective and non-judgmental lens, because most people just become more aware of all the ways they should be judging themselves, which halts progress. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of that, like you said, I mean, it is external. I mean, especially for um, people that are maybe, you know, like especially entrepreneurs go through that all the time because what we do generally is not mainstream. It's, I mean, by definition, we are taking way more risk than most people would ever feel comfortable with. And so they take their trash from their past from maybe the time they tried something that didn't work out or they had an idea and someone squashed that idea. Mm -hmm. And now that affects us and it comes from an external place but if you internalize it rather than being aware of it like you said and maybe having you know those um those words or those processes that you say to yourself that allow you to kind of step back look look outside the box be objective and really as as objectively as you can evaluate what's happening but that just takes so much self-awareness like you said and so it sounds like your your process really teaches people how to go through their past, how to understand what these triggers are and how to be, I mean, I mean, it's not easy to be self-aware it's, it's in, the hardest in, work. in the moment, in the moment. Yep. It's the hardest work any of us will do, yep. but it will pay the greatest dividends and rewards of any investment we will make. Absolutely. Well, that's one of the best things about hosting a podcast, especially this one um, in, because it's, it's just entrepreneurship of all levels of all industries, but the commonality is learning about, people that are taking big risks and doing big things and impacting people's lives and the the knowledge exchange that we have i mean some incredible friends some incredible business growth has come out of these sessions and we always exchange such great ideas and that's really the whole point of it is hopefully our listeners can can get the same thing so on that note brian that leads me to my next question as as we're nearing the end here because somehow it's already been 45 minutes of this conversation just just flown by but i do want to make sure people know um, what kind of a little more about the process and how to engage with you. So I know on your, on your website, you've got media, you've got coaching, you've got challenges, you've got a course. So yep. what types of ways can people engage with you? If they listen to this and they say, man, I'm on board, I'm going to take up my trash. I'm going to be more self-aware so I can be the person and, and really yep. meet my maximum potential. What types of, of ways can they do that with you? Yep. I'll give you really, really low hanging fruit right now because this yeah. is the easiest and, it, it, and people self-select in or out of this. We created a rapid fire coaching community that's $44 a month because I wanted zero barrier of entry for people to get access mm-hmm. to a group of people that can be vulnerable, authentic, and we can help people identify and move through their trash from their past. Yeah. We meet three times a month on Zoom and I give 45 days free to anyone who wants to come join and experience it, which means you'll get four to five sessions and then it's $44 a month after that. The reason I say this is I don't want anything from you. I want a value add before you ever even decide to pay me, mm. right? But the reality of it is if you're looking for that, that could be a really low hanging fruit. We have a show that we're currently filming called Trash Talk where we're doing 30 minute episodes where we're actually doing a live coaching session with someone, mm. helping them go deep and unpack this. And then we have obviously our higher tier coaching packages and group programs and retreats that we also do. So I gave a few different buckets just so that people can understand there's multiple ways to engage. Yeah. But I'll tell you the best place to find me, I'm at Bogert Brian on any social media site. If you want to shoot me a DM with either trash talk, take out your trash or rapid fire, any of those keywords, I'll know that you were interested in learning more and we will find the right path for you. I never, ever, ever want to have anyone dependent on us we are elevating and empowering Mm. and the only way that we collect a billion lives collectively and impact those individuals 
is if we're helping other people move yeah. and move people, move people. So the reality of it is 99.9% .9 of the people we serve will never pay us a dollar. And I'm very okay with that. So multiple ways to engage. Ultimately, I just want to help and I want everyone to be able to move. Yeah, that's incredible. And you know, it's the, the, the world is filled with, I mean, all sorts of, all sorts of kinds of entrepreneurs, just like all, all sorts of people in any industry. Um, personally, you know, a little, a little bit of trash from my past. Um, the very first big time entrepreneur that I got involved with, who was, uh, my, you know, my first coach, we were supposed to go into business together and he seemed very authentic and I became very enamored with him and turned out he was a, a total imposter used to be the guy he says he was, but at that point was bankrupt cared way more about profits than people led to us terminating our agreement with him a year and change of legal battles. And so for, for me with the people I have on the show and especially the people I choose to align with in business, I just have this radar, this red flag radar of, of, and I've gotten real good at it of reading. Oh, I'm sure you would <laughs> people's, you know, real intentionality. Um, and what I can tell you about Brian is, and, and if, if you want further proof, I mean, for sure, you know, these, the audio is on all of the, the streaming platforms, but if you go to my YouTube channel at robstein.tv, we also post all these videos. They're high definition. They're beautifully recorded. And when you see Brian and you, you see his intentionality behind what he says uh, and the way he says it, that really reveals a lot. And he is a, a genuinely good man. He is a good person. And, and those are the type of people that you want to do business with. Um, Thank you. Uh, oh, absolutely. And there's no doubt. And, and it's, it's the truth. And so I'm happy to, to, to tell the listeners that. And so make sure that you understand that, you know, th this is a guy that really has your best interest at heart for someone to say 99% of the people we work with aren't going to pay us. And I'm good with that. Right. I mean, that's someone that genuinely just really wants to help people. So we're going to have all of his, uh, all of his links on our uh, on the YouTube video. That's brianbogert.com. That's B-O-G-E-R-T. All his social media handles are going to be posted. I'm excited because I'm going to be on his show a little bit later that I booked it. You are, man. I'm looking forward to that. Super excited for that. Um, but Brian, I have one more uh, question for you, and it's always the last yeah. question I, I love to ask every guest. So someone that is that is saying, man, I, I resonate with what Brian said, and I want to start this path of bettering myself using his techniques. You know, the name of the show is, is impossible to fail. And I call it that because that's my framework of how I've been able to build numerous avenues and help so many people is by surrounding myself with the right education and the right framework to say, if I get the right education, and I instill it with massive action and relentless consistency and give myself time and hold myself accountable, it is literally impossible to fail. And the reason people listen to the show is to get the information that they can Im implement. So if someone were to ask you, Brian, what steps can I take to get to where you are, to further my mindset, to meet my potential, and they were to implement this advice, what advice could you give them that would make it impossible to fail? I'm going to give you a very, very, very simple and tangible activity that you can do regularly and consistently. Love it. It's, I'm not going to use trash language. I'm just going to focus on oversimplification. Yes, please. I want you to create two lists on one list. I want you to write down all the people, places, sources of information, environments that you enter into activities that you partake in that lift you up and light you up that absolutely give you energy, that give you drive, that give you excitement that you could spend eight hours doing it and it felt like one and you can't wait to get back to see that person, place or thing the next day. We all know what that feels like, right? Yeah. We all do. Yeah. Now I want you to create a counter list with all the same things, people, places, sources of information, environments, activities that you perform that make you feel like garbage, mm. that make you feel defeated, that make you feel lack of energy, that make you feel not seen or connected, isolated and alone. That one hour felt like eight and you can't imagine slamming your head against the wall time and time and time again, yet you still do, mm. right? We know both these things, yet very infrequently have I seen many people actually go to the level of intention to become aware and actually write down and call out both lists. Now, 
all I want you to do is to spend as much time as possible on the positive list. Mm. And I want you to look for ways to reduce, eliminate, remove, refine, or repair the things on this side of the list so that you're spending less time in your negative energetic space and more time on your positive energetic space, which is what's gonna allow us to have more freedom, fun, fulfillment, and connection. And so if that's all you did was to once a month, once a week, once a day, write down those two lists just to raise your level of awareness, it will inherently lead to clarity, ownership, intentionality in the steps that you move forward. It just takes a second to pause long enough to put in the work and be real with yourself to stand in the truth because many people don't want to see the truth. And that is 100% true. And what a great exercise. And that's one of the things I'm passionate about as an educator, which you do so beautifully is you're, you're very concise in the, in the way that you instruct. And even that exercise, that's, that's a real exercise that takes a few minutes that people can implement. And one of the things that I really uh, am not a fan of, especially as an educator by nature, is, you know, when we've all had this, you go to a seminar, you, you pay to be in the room with someone, and they're really good at motivating, but they're not really good at teaching you how, the how, right? And so you leave and you're all fired up, but then you realize, wait, I don't, what do I do about I don't this? know how to do any of this. And so, of course, yeah. Brian has given you a lot of how. He's given you some, uh, some frameworks and some processes that he goes through with a, you know, an open front and a straight spine when, when, when he's feeling those things. He gave you some, some techniques that he implements. He showed you how you can align with him in his 45 days for free, his $44 a month, all the challenges that he has coming up. And that exercise, I mean, that's a beautiful exercise. I can tell you that I have my notepad right here. This is my journal that I use every day. And literally the instant this thing is done, I'm going to make those lists. I'm going to make the list on the left side and the right side. And remember, gang, that knowledge without implementation mm. is useless. It's a book that you buy and you don't read or you put on the shelf. Worse, you do read it and then you put it back on the shelf without implementing it. So that exercise Brian gave you is going to create such awareness of letting you know what gives me energy, what takes away energy, because Obviously, to thrive and be the best high performer you can be, you need to spend your time with people and doing things that fill you up, that are, as I call, you know, the powerhouses, being around people that literally generate power and energy within you mm -hmm. rather than being around the vampires, which take away from you. And what Brian's exercise here is it takes three to five minutes, but it's going to add so much clarity on where the powerhouses and vampires are in your life. But guess what? If you don't do it, it's not going to work. <laughs> so make sure that you're intentional about it. Literally right now, if you're listening, I want you to in your phone, put it in the calendar today at three o'clock to make my list that Brian told me to make with, with the positives and the negatives. Just create an intentional time to do it. Start taking proactive steps to be aware of your baggage and your trash. Go to Brian's website at brianbogert.com. We're going to have all of his links on here. And, uh, I mean, this dude's the real deal. I'm going to check this out as soon as we're done. I'm going to do this exercise. And, Brian, I have to tell you, this has been such a pleasure. Uh, I'm really looking forward to being on your show and staying in touch. And thank you for pouring into us today. Man, thank you for building the platform to allow me to pour into you all. It's, uh, it's why I do what I do, and I can't wait to have you back. So thank you for being such a great host. And, Looking forward to hosting you as well, my friend. No doubt, buddy. Thank you, man.